Hi, and you're very welcome back to the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. It's been a minute. We haven't had a show for a couple of weeks uh, because of scheduling difficulties. It turns out uh, Steph getting engaged, having to play in the Champions League, having to play as if that's a bad thing, uh, but also uh, the recent announcement of the um, equal pay for women's internationals has uh, has kept her fairly busy going around the houses and this morning we were due to uh, record this uh, on friday morning but unfortunately just uh, something has come up with a, an interview with the bbc and uh, steph has had to attend to that so she won't be with us today but we will be back next week with a, a full show with both of us in attendance provided we can get our schedules to match up. Uh, of course, here on FinalWhistle.ie, we've been busy. It'll be uh, unawares to yourselves, but we have added a whole new Gaelic football and a brand new ladies football section coming next week on the site, as well as our first publication, which is uh, a look at uh, the world of Leitrim GA. Of course, we also cover Leitrim Gaelic games here on the website. In terms of what the impact this has on Women's National League, we are going to be back. We're hoping to get back with a regular weekly schedule over the next couple of weeks. We're starting today. We'll be joined in a few minutes by Jetta Beryl of DLR Waves, who finds herself back in the league this year after a little bit of a break due to her uh, her presence in Hungary in recent years, completing um, a degree in veterinary medicine. We'll be uh, chatting to her all about that very, very shortly. In terms of the, the big news of the week, as well as the fixtures and results from last weekend, it's been an absolutely manic uh, week with news within the league. Some really, really positive news, the appointment of Ruth Fahey to the position of CEO at Galway Women's uh, FC. That's a fantastic appointment. Uh, Ruth, a uh, well-experienced uh, player and uh, administrator within the sport, having spent some time at the FAI, of course, documented well in Champagne football, uh, her time there as well. But uh, she finds herself now back with Galway. We'll be talking to Ruth in a week or two when she gets settled into her new role in Galway. The best of luck to her and to the club. I think it's a big step forward, a very positive step for the sport here to be taking it more seriously and more professionally off the pitch. I think that is the next step. And it might avoid more stories like we're hearing uh, coming out of a couple of clubs at the moment about players who are moving away from the league. Of course, Jamie Finn announced this week uh, that she would be moving to Birmingham. They finished 11th in the Women's Super League in England last year, and uh, she'll be joining them. She joins Marie Hurahan, her international teammate, uh, who comes back from Portuguese football to play with the Brummie side for this season. One-year deals signed for both girls, but it does mean that Shells lose the services of Jamie Finn from this week. Uh, she will be a big loss. Not the last name we expect to see leave the league in the next couple of days. Um, one or two other deals we believe very close to being finalised for some of the top players uh, top attacking talent potentially uh, with both league ch- titles uh, chasers Piemont and shells likely to lose at least one more player to the wsl before it kicks off um it's 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 positive uh, from in terms of the the players themselves pushing on and and really making an impact at a, at a higher level or perceived higher level at least um but it's disappointing for the league to continue to keep losing these players and we need to start putting uh, programs in place to keep these girls in Ireland and to be able to offer them the opportunity to stay around. Uh, but at the same time, it's positive news that the league is producing players and that we're moving players on to a higher level. And it's all good news, I think, for those individual girls and potentially for our chances at international level. But uh, it does I suppose we look at the appointment of Ruth over in Galway and we hope that maybe we can build a, an industry here and a, and a structure here that will allow those girls to stay here uh, under whatever guise that is, whether it's scholarship programs or whether it's actual employment within the league that will be, um, I suppose, light years ahead of where we see ourselves 
But I think we need to have that little bit of ambition to push on. And uh, hopefully we'll see that happen in the next couple of years. Uh, in terms of other news and big news for women's football, not just here in Ireland, but also around the globe, is the fact that the FAI came out this week. It's why Steph's not with us. She's doing that interview in the BBC. But um, about equal pay. So now a, a girl who represents this country gets the exact same amount of a stipend as the men who represent this country. It hasn't been that way before. In fact, up to a couple of years ago, uh, when Steph, her teammates, and including Jetta, who we'll be speaking to about in a few minutes, um, when they stri strike, went on strike, went on strike back in 2017, um, a huge, huge step forward for the sport in this country and really recognition as well. Uh, I would be a little bit concerned that it seems to be that the men have taken a pay cut to give to the girls rather than the FAI stumping up the money. It doesn't really matter where the money comes from, but I think it would have been nice just to bring the girls to the level rather than have to pull the men back down to give it to the girls. Either way, it's equality now, and hopefully it stays like that for uh, all, all time into the future. I think it's important that any person, uh, male or female, has the opportunity to play and they get treated with the same respect. And I think the monetary value, uh, the impact it has can't be measured I think you look at the the reality is that for the lads, most of them, the vast majority of them, are on quite lucrative pay deals with their own clubs. Um, the the scale of the money that's involved probably wouldn't have a huge impact on their day to day lives. Uh, but when you've got girls who are working in day jobs, missing time of college or time off school, uh, and just can't afford to pay the rent if they have to take a week off an unpaid zero-hour contract, which for the most part to be available for international football, our players are finding themselves on, the ones that aren't professional at least. Even those who are professional, professional, it's probably a loose enough term, the money they're on would just about sustain one person, never mind a family. So that that two, uh, 1,500 euros is the, the talk or the, the lower end of the range that the, the price will be this uh, the match bonuses will be um i think that's huge it makes a huge difference to girls who are missing maybe a week or two off work at various stages through the year so uh, best luck to everybody who that affects and congratulations to uh, everyone involved in that strike back in 2017 who uh, really took on the establishment wasn't very popular at the time within football circles but to see it kind of come to fruition now and and really have hit home and, and made a, a proper result uh, for the girls who will play for Ireland in the future uh, is a fantastic achievement. So congratulations to, to everybody involved in that, particularly to Emma Byrne, Anya Gorman, Stephanie, and those that were at the, the forefront of that. So uh, congratulations to everybody on that particular achievement. Huge news for the game in the country. Now, let's get on with the show. We'll talk about results and fixtures in the league later on. We've missed a couple of rounds, so we're probably not going to get too bogged down into individual games today. I have nobody to talk to about them anyway, um, but we'll go through the results from last weekend in a few minutes. But first, let's catch up with one of the newest arrivals to the league, and that is newest arrivals, newest returnees to the league, we'll say, and that is, of course, Jetta Beryl of DLR Waves. Jetta, you're very, very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Bethany. Thanks for having me. And not to, oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Now, it's been a while, I suppose, our paths would have first crossed. Um, I won't say how many years ago, but it's nearly a decade uh, with the Leinster Colleges team. And I've kind of followed your career uh, through a number of different guises and a number of different clubs over the last 10 years. It's great to see you back in the league. How are you enjoying life back at Belfield? Uh, yeah, no, really enjoying it. Um, I came back there in April, May um, from being away and uh, went back in with DLR and Graham, um, just kind of. Uh, the start just to get fitness up really um, and kind of just as an outlet for everything because I'm, I'm still in college so 
uh, just thought I'd, I'd want to play a bit of ball again, um, but really enjoying it and getting a few minutes as well, so uh, having a ball. Now, you mentioned you're still in college, but we started the conversation by saying we met the college's team a decade ago. Uh, that sounds like a long educational process, uh, much longer than most yeah. people. Can you talk us through maybe why you're still in college or how you're still in college? Because it's been a bit of a unique journey for you. It has been. It's been a long time. Um, I'm in college now, I think, uh, sad to say, eight years. Um, but I'm at the end of it. So I did four years in uh, UCD. I did neuroscience. Um, but I always kind of wanted to do veterinary. Uh, so I went then and I just decided to go over to Hungary and, and uh, to do it. And it's been four years now and I'm at the end of it. Um, and I'm that I, I made the the bullet say and went over and did it. Um, so now I graduate in February as a vet. So that'll be the end of my college. No more college um, years for me. Hungary, I know a few people who have been through that course over in Hungary. Obviously, it's uh, for maybe financial and time reasons. It's a little bit shorter doing it over there than it might be here. Is that right? Yeah, so it's um, four and a half years over there, whereas it's like five and a half years in Ireland. Um, so, yeah, I just went over and now it's at the end of the, four and, at the half, end of the four and a half years now. Excellent. Well, uh, you'll be out on uh, doing whatever it is the feds do. We won't get into the details here. It's a it's a child friendly show. We don't need to hear about where it stands when it's a new day job. But in terms of the football, you're back in uh, DLR. You're having a good season. You must be delighted with the the way things are going. Of course, the cup this weekend. Um, how has the the return been for you uh, to get back into to Graham's side there or in DLR? Um, really enjoyable. Um, I think that Graham and, and John, the boys, have a, a great setup over in Dealer, um, and even fitness-wise, and um, the trainings have been intense and, and very good and enjoyable. Uh, and I think the the league has is just a bit out of our reach this year. But even we're finishing, say, looking at fourth place, and that's just so much better than the girls did last year. So it's just progressing so much as a team. And like you said, we have the cup uh, quarterfinals tomorrow against Galway. So we'll be looking for a bit of silverware there and looking for the win. How important is it to keep that winning spirit in the side when you start getting a bit of momentum up and going and, and maybe uh, take a, a little uh, feather in your cap if you manage to get a result against Galway this weekend? Oh, so important. Um, I think uh, I was away last week, but the, the girls were saying training was, was brilliant and really intense. And then training this week, uh, everyone's looking sharp. Uh, so everyone's up for it, um, but we know Galway are also up for it. So it'll be it'll be a really good game, uh, and uh, really looking forward to it. It's kind of the games that you you want to play, you know, so everything to lose. Now, of course, before you went to Hungary, uh, you did play with Piedmont for a couple of seasons and DLR Waves for a couple of seasons under Eileen Gleeson in both places. Uh, in terms of, I suppose, um, the, the idea of of getting far in the cup and maybe even went, lifting the cup at the end of the year. Um, You've never had that experience. So what's it been like being involved with those sides, with those teams that are, are used to to um, success and silverware, but it just hasn't quite happened for you in those years that you've been with them? Yeah, um, I know with P-Mount for the two years I was there and then with UCD Wave, we got to the cup final a few times, but it just never went our way in, uh, at the end of the day. Um, in the Aviva, which was heartbreaking, um, but... Yeah, it's tough, but uh, I like looking looking forward now with DLR, like that's kind of the aim. And um, just to get to a cup final and then say um, winning the cup would be amazing. Um, so that's kind of the aim of the next few weeks in the training sessions. That's what we're aiming to do. Of course, Galway, the last time you were down there was a 2-0 win uh, back in July. Uh, chances of repeating that again tomorrow, of getting through to the semi-finals? 
hopefully that's that's the plan but um it won't be it won't be an easy game and I don't think anyone's going in thinking that's going to be an easy game Galway are, are a tough side and I think they have the injection now a bit of experience with Julianne Russell and Nate Burka back in um so yeah it'll be a tough game and it'll be a, it'll be a good game so um hopefully we'll come out with the win that's the plan but by no means are we going in thinking that it's going to be a repeat of uh, the last time we played them in terms, I suppose, of, of where the, the season's panning out, there's, a, a, as you mentioned, a big gap to the top three at the moment. But there's also a nice healthy gap to the, the five teams beneath you. Galway themselves, uh, they're eight points behind. You have three games in hand on them as well because of a couple of games that had been postponed earlier in the season. So uh, you could, in theory, I suppose, close the gap closer to the top of the table and finish with that nice, big, healthy gap where you, you really are part of a top four rather than the top three. Is that important? Um, how many points are between E and third if it is indeed 40 finish in the season? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think uh, even though we kind of are, couldn't really look for a top three position now, um, like fourth so important to us. And winning every game, like taking every game as it comes, um, uh, as a must-win game is really important uh, for the side and for the confidence even going into next season. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about, I suppose, what's been in the news this week, which is equal pay for men and women. There's been a lot of positive noise coming out of the FAI uh, on that. It's it's the reason why Steph isn't with us today. She's actually speaking yeah. on BBC as we're recording this uh, about the issue. Um, on the face of it, it seems like a very positive step for the women's sport. I know you were part of that squad um, with Ireland that, that had that strike back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you bring us back? To that moment and, and talk to us about what was happening in your world because you would have been a, a very novice player in the squad at that stage you would have maybe a handful of caps but but still kind of part of the team but I suppose not so experienced that you're kind of saying well I'm I'm, I'm going to go on strike here but as part of the squad you were there what's what's what was it like from your point of view going into that experience taking on the FAI and actually standing firm and, and making these changes and seeing it come to this fruition uh, four years later? Yeah, it's uh, it is amazing. That was geez, that was years ago now for me, um. But it is so interesting and so positive seeing where it started out to where it's like um ended now. Uh, and I think everyone that was involved in that experience should be like really proud of themselves. And uh, it's great for women's football uh, everywhere. Like it's great for women's football all, all over. Um, yeah. Back then I was I was only a baby, uh, so I kind of was just in the background, uh, just supporting as a team. But uh, the likes of say Anya and Emma Byrne. Uh, big voices that started this whole thing so it's, it's great to see what was your first um as, at the time as, as kind of as you say someone who was in the squad supporting maybe the, the louder voices or the the more experienced voices in that team what was your first sign that there was going to be a strike and and your own personal thoughts as someone kind of as you mentioned you're a baby you still had a degree in your pocket at that stage you weren't quite a baby but in terms of um just like what what's going through your head are you thinking about it's okay for emma byrne she's in her late 30s uh i might have an international future here and i could jeopardize that did that come into your head at all was it even a discussion in in, in your own uh, psyche did you talk to friends and family or coaches about maybe what the impact might be on you personally because people who've taken on the fai before they haven't had a great track record of, of further in their international careers uh, no, to be honest, that that was never really a thought. And and thinking back now, it was never a thought that went around any of the girls um, at all. It was all kind of uh, looking forward to the future and kind of um, uh, progressing as a team and um, progressing women's football. That was the, the main aim, really. 
Excellent. Well, good to hear that as the squad was that united because sometimes you do get a few people just kind of thinking about, well, how does this affect me? In terms of, I suppose, the actual an announcement that came out from the FAI, we still have to see exactly how it's going to work and there haven't been specifics on the, the numbers involved. Um, but from what we can make out about what was um, happening over the, the years was that the, the match fee for the men was around two and a half thousand euros before 2017 i believe the match fee was non-existent for the ladies it then became in around the 500 euro mark um, and now it's going to be parity somewhere above 1500 is what has been said in the, uh, the statements that have come out is it a little bit disappointing that it appears to come from the men's side of the house uh, taking a deduction to give to the women rather than the fai just meeting the same fee or is does that is that irrelevant I don't know, to be honest. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of the same outcome. So, look, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's all about equality, and now nobody can say the men are getting anything okay. more than the women. So it is positive. Yeah. It, it, it's it's all positive. Uh, I just it's just one of those things that just didn't quite sit right with me coming out of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, it's a massive step forward, a huge step forward for, for both the game here and, as you said, an example to other federations around the world. And hopefully we'll see that follow suit over the next few months. In terms of your own ambitions, uh, obviously you've talked about uh, where you are with the league. You came in late this season, but DLR have really rallied well uh, to kind of emerge from that group in the bottom half of the table or the, the, the middle th third, bottom third of the table to really seal that fourth place. More than likely, obviously things could change um, down there in, in Belfield, but at the moment it's looking pretty good for you to be in, in third place uh, or fourth place come the end of the season. Uh, a nice cup run, would that add something nice to the to the whole equation as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that, that's where, uh, up to the team, that's where we're, we're, uh, we have our sights set for uh, to get into a cup final. Uh, just taking it one one game at a time. So uh, we, we beat Bowes there um, a few weeks ago and now on to Galway. But yeah, you need to get a bit of silverware. It would be a really nice way to end the season. Yeah, of course. In terms of the actual uh, the the teams above you, that will be probably the fancy names to be on the cup at the end of the season. Uh, you've had some great results and great performances against those teams at the top of the table. I know there was a a great performance against Wexford earlier on in the season. Maybe before you joined, there was a one all draw, uh, and they only just uh, with a, a late minute goal, I think, uh, in that game in Belfield earlier on in the season. And you could definitely mix it with shells and and Pmount as well on a on a one game basis on a cup semi-final or a cup final should you get there um you definitely fancy your chances of maybe causing a bit of an upset uh, what are the uh, ambitions is a, is a cup medal an elusive cup medal for you a realistic target for this season uh, i think so yeah like why not and um, like we played shells and team out there the last two three weeks and we lost 2-1 but i think we, we we played we played well against them and it wasn't an easy game for for either side and like you said, like they'd be the top two teams in the country. So um, if we if we get to the the cup final against one of the big names, I don't see why not. Like why well, we couldn't cause an upset and uh, and come out with a win. Well, listen, uh, I suppose we're not going to. We're not going to cheer against anybody else in the league, but at the same time, we do like to see uh, the yeah. smaller sides taking steps forward, and there's been a really big one taken uh, by the girls down there in DLR. So uh, well done to you and your teammates and to the staff and everyone involved. And uh, best luck over the weekend, and uh, you'll never know what we might see later in the season. Jetta, thanks yeah, so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, catching up. Thank and, you. Uh, best luck. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. 
great to see Jeddah back in the league. Of course, an Irish international, a couple of caps to her name as well. And maybe, maybe we might see her add to that in the future. But I suppose the first step is to push DLR waves as far up that league table as they possibly can get. Uh, and of course, uh, that cup and uh, maybe a, a cup run if they manage to get over Galway this weekend uh, would be something to talk about over there in, in Belfield and the best luck to, to them. And I suppose everybody taking part in the cup this year. Now, this weekend, of course, is all about the cup action. But last weekend, we did have a full set of league games taking place. And uh, DLR were the idle side. So four teams with the other eight teams taking part in them. Piemont United and Wexford, they played out a game down at Ferry Carrick one all the score down there not really a fantastic result for either side although they will be delighted not to have lost the game at two early goals there Alana McAvoy in the fifth minute put Piemont en route to a big win but unfortunately for them Avian Clancy equalized just after the half hour mark and it would play out as a one-all draw which basically has handed uh, an opportunity now to, uh, to Shells. Shells went down to Cork City, Turner's Cross the venue, and probably could have won the game com- more comfortably than they did. 3-1 the final score. Uh, some really, really good performances defensively for Cork. Kept uh, kept the score at bay there. Shells well on top in that. Uh, three first-half goals for them. Emily Whelan, Noel Murray, and Kira Grant on the score sheet for them. And uh, they find their space at the top of the table. They are currently two points clear from Piemont, although Piemont do have that game in hand uh, later in the year. So it's still all to play for at the top of the table. Be interesting to see how that pans out over the coming weeks as the uh, the league table takes a more shape and actually finalizes itself only a handful of games left for both sides in that competition so far six games left for shell seven for payment who can edge that out and will we be looking at the opportunity to actually see uh, another decider like last year where they had a a playoff in the second last round of games last year which sealed the title in Piemont's favour last year uh, will Shells get the opportunity to uh, to maybe get a bit of revenge on that for next year of course they play each other September the 11th in a week and a half's time and they'll be looking to maybe see how they can seal that out later in uh, the season and uh, it'll be a, b- a big decider it won't settle the league one way or the other but it will uh, it will kind of indicate who's going to be come out of the, the season uh, with the title a result for Piemont in that particular game would probably give them the advantage to be one point ahead with a game in hand and only six games to play. Uh, five, of course, for Shelburne at that time. Other results from around the grounds uh, at Lone Town 2, 3-1 goals from Emily Corbett and Leisha O'Heda, uh, while Gillian uh, Keegan had equalised for Treaty earlier in the game, but uh, late on, but 12-15 minutes to go in that game, uh, Leisha struck for the winning score, and that moves at Lone Town uh, up to um, level with Bohemians at the bottom of the table. So uh, a decent result for them. Their bows, of course, had been over or leapfrogged uh, by um, by Athlone, but Bowes managed to get a point in Galway to edge themselves back off the bottom of the table. So all go at the bottom. Only one point separates sixth and ninth. So a fairly competitive uh, finish to that season. Bowes, of course, with two games in hand yet to play. So uh, interesting to see how that pans out. It's going to be a, an interesting run in at both ends of the table. And as we heard from Jeddah earlier, uh, DLR Waves quite happy to be uh, in that fourth spot. Galway in a clear fifth as well. So uh, we'll see how that pans out over the next couple of weeks. In terms of this weekend, of course, it's all about the cup 
And as we heard from Jeddah, DLR Waves, they're looking forward to their clash down in Galway on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they beat them the last time they were down there, 2-0 the final score uh, just a couple of weeks ago in July. And uh, they'll be hoping to repeat that feat. But of course, uh, with their new CEO appointed down there, uh, it will be a case of, of uh, Galway hoping to uh, start her reign as they mean to continue with a, with a victory Time will tell. Best luck to both sides in that competition. Shelburne, they host Cork City in their game at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Wexford Utes, they will entertain at Lone Town in Ferry Carrick Park at 6.30, while that Galway DLR game, that kicks off at 7.30 on Saturday. And Sunday afternoon, as usual, Treaty United host Piedmont United. So for, for most teams, this is their first opportunity to taste a bit of cup action. Dreams of the Aviva and a cup final in November still await at least two of these teams. But for all eight, they'll be going to bed tonight uh, with aspirations of being that team in that final in just about two months' time. Lots to play for for the clubs this year. That's pretty much it for this week. Uh, we will delve into a bit more detail in all of those topics we talked about over the coming weeks. The show is back. Hopefully we can sort out our scheduling issues. Just it's uh, difficult when you've got myself and Steph both exceptionally busy over the last month or so. We just haven't been able to find an hour where we're both available. So we have started to work ahead to try and get that in a more regular schedule from here. Uh, delighted to be back and delighted to be uh, looking forward to the run into a, a very, very competitive league campaign. Will it be Shells? Will it be P-Mount? Will Wexford throw a spanner in the works and uh, close that gap right down with both teams ahead of them? Uh, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. A result last week, a positive result against Piemont would have helped, but they still can close that gap. They have a few games left uh, themselves to get into that mix. Uh, they also have to play, um, I think they have to play Shells once yet again this season. They do that game fixed for November the 13th. Uh, so that could be a big, big game in terms of where the league title is going to finish up. But for me, Breath Nearly, on the show this week, we will be back next week with another show. I'll be back with Steph Roach here on finalwhistle.ie. We'll talk to you then.